0: All right, and we are live. Welcome into the IDP guys waiver wire show. As always, I am your host or one of your hosts, Michael Scully, joined here by Axton Harding. We're gonna be talking some week nine waiver pickups. That's offense, defense, everything you want after a pretty high scoring week for football, which isn't wasn't the norm. Was not the norm, Axton, but we had a lot of defensive play. We had a lot of extra snaps being played, a lot of defensive names, offensive names to talk about. But first off, we had halloween yesterday how, how was your how was your halloween your first halloween as a father as well
1: that's all right yeah it wasn't too bad i spent my evening working for a little bit uh but it wasn't too bad i got to spend some time with the family and the little one and, and have a nice dinner and hang out for the evening so it wasn't too bad how about yours
0: oh it was all right it was all right i i celebrated more on uh more on saturday myself or friday even i was uh i was king viserys of house of dragons huge hit uh with everybody there i'll tell you that but uh I, I did see a costume of yours it reminded me because i remember you had a great family outfit going i i, I forget what it was
1: yeah uh, i was a referee and my wife yes. and uh colson were war players both had yeah. their rocking their mahomes jerseys
0: see that that's that's a team effort right there that's the harding team effort so let's let's uh, <laughs> let, let's jump into this before we get into it totally but uh you go, obviously, if watching right now on YouTube, if you are watching this live, be sure to subscribe. It's where all this amazing content comes out every week, especially for this show, but all the other stuff that gets put out by the IB guys. And, of course, our Twitters, our Twitter right below, if you're watching on YouTube, at Michael underscore Sicoli underscore for myself, at Harding underscore three. And, of course, the IDP guys, because that's where all our amazing content inevitably goes, and as well as many, many others. So be sure to check all of that out. And, you know, my I'll throw a final tabit, tidbit, my newsletter for the IDP guy comes out every single Wednesday morning. That is obviously tomorrow, tomorrow morning. That link to sign up is in my bio and Twitter, so be sure to check that out. But without further ado, let's get into the defensive lineman pickups for this week. Last week, we talked about Grover Stewart, who has been on a hot streak, and he continued it with seven tackles, a TFL, and a pass defense. We talked about picking up Chase Young, who is getting closer and closer to return. I believe most recent report is that he will be activated this week. I'm not sure how much he'll play, but I think we expect to potentially be talking about Chase Young. He's a real asset this time next week. Um, But definitely should be picked up if you haven't yet, just because of that sky-high upside. A good stash if he was not on your IR already. And the last thing I threw out there was Jay Tufele, who did not really get on the stat sheet. Disappointing day for somebody that was filling in pretty well for Josh Tupot in Cincinnati, but we're going to look to go three for three instead of just two for, or I guess one and a half for three as we did last week. Uh, you want to kick us off? Let's uh throw a name out there into the ether.
1: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with this one. I was actually kind of looking forward to, I mentioned I threw in Grover Stewart last week and uh, he's actually tied now with, I posted on Twitter. He's tied now with Max Crosby for, uh, total tackles to this point in the season among defensive linemen. That's ends and tackles alike. And uh, that's pretty impressive coming from a defensive tackle. Well, this this guy here, Derek Brown, uh, defensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers, is just a notch below him. Only two tackles behind Grover Stewart to this point in the season. And he has been on a fairly nice surge the last three or four weeks where he's gotten a minimum of like four or five tackles coming from a defensive tackle is, is uh, pretty nice. And uh, again, he's he's even got more tackles than, say, Michael Parsons at this point in the season. Uh, and with regard to his week one performance, uh, Derek Brown's actually had a pass deflection or uh, gotten to the quarterback and got a QB hit in every single week since. He's uh, just kind of somebody, you know, again, defensive tackles in those required leagues. Uh, you really you can't go wrong with a guy that has a tackle floor, kind of like what he's putting up. And then for him to go and get those pass deflections and, and hits on the quarterback and stuff really just uh, pads the stat sheet more so uh, and just kind of adds to his appeal. Yeah.
0: I mean, i I'll, I'll I'm, I'm not going to disagree at all because I, I'll just throw my two cents of when Derek Brown was coming out on Auburn was a complete monster. somebody that I loved watching in college. I love watching the film of, so putting it all together for this Panther squad that definitely needs playmakers and also a team that listen, you know they faced the Falcons. That's a very run-heavy squad, so they definitely helped them this past week. And they're also they've won two games now. Does anyone expect them to go on a three-game winning streak? Because personally, I'm going to going to ease the break on the Carolina Panthers, which could not be more running opportunities for a non-Falcons team that's not going to literally give two of their running backs to combine what thirty carries. So I I, I do like Derek Brown to keep it going, especially as the game score should flip back in his favor sooner than later, um, and not just chase these matchups. I'll throw one other name or I'll throw a name here. Carlos Dunlap. So Frank Clark, who is the starting defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, has been suspended for two games. Last week he was suspended, so he didn't play this past week. And Dunlap saw his highest snap total to date, or of the season or tied with it at 58%. So he didn't do too much with it. He grabbed a tackle for a loss. He grabbed a pair of tackles with it, a solo and an assist. And he also batted down a pass. That's an okay day. That's a that's a fine day. But I think we can lock in close to that yet again against the Titans, which, again, we talk about a run-heavy team. We talk about a team that has a quarterback that might want to fumble more often than not, and an offensive line that's been suspect all year long. I think Dunlap can get on the stat sheet, grab a tackle for a loss, grab maybe instead of just two tackles, they can get to three to four next week. Why not a sack? I think that's totally in the realm of possibilities for someone like Carlos Dunlap, whose snap tolls are only going to increase as a necessary part of this, uh, this defense. So somebody that's most likely on your wires everywhere is somebody that I think you definitely stream. And I'll, I'll out well, there good afternoon to you, Marco. Always good to see you in the chat.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, with Frank Clark being out for uh, some time now, it's a big role that Carlos is stepping into and one that uh, really needs uh, an extra, an extra leg there on the defensive line to kind of help out Carl and Chris Jones. We've kind of mentioned uh, that, I mean, this Chiefs defense is really lacking on all aspects. It would be nice if, uh, if Dunlap could come in and, and really increase that, <clears throat> that production with the increased snap count. So oh, we'll just kind of have to monitor and see how he does. Uh, but definitely somebody to kind of keep an eye on for this next week. I'll let you go ahead and cover, uh, cover your next one too.
0: Oh, why not? Why not? So we're going to go, I guess, with the two names I've thrown out there. Old to old. Well, let's talk about Jerry Hughes. Let's, let's, let's talk about Bill's guy, now Houston guy. Jerry Hughes, a guy that has been pretty, pretty, uh, pretty successful this year. So he's coming off a strong week yet again. He's been filling in a good role opposite of Rasheem Green in Houston and kind of one of the few veterans that this team is more than willing to play. You know, we've seen that turnover at linebacker, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. We talked about it last week, actually, uh, with Christian Harris taking over as this season becomes quickly, you know, a lost one for this Houston Texans squad. But Jerry Hughes seems to be that one consistent veteran piece that is not going to be lead the, not going to lose his role as that 50 to 65% snap share. He's been grabbing a sack, you know, in every few games, he had two in week one, two in week three, he grabbed another one this past week against the Titans, which again is why we talked about, or why I mentioned, um, uh, excuse me, why I mentioned Carlos Dunlap just before. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think he could easily continue that against Philadelphia. Maybe not a sack. He might not grab a sack, but we know how much Philadelphia likes to run it. So I think we see an unusual high tackle for for someone like Jerry Hughes, where we can see a four tackle day and a tackle for a loss. You know, Miles Sanders goes down, and all of a sudden you're getting a very solid low end defensive play for somebody that is most likely on your wire, and also still plenty of opportunity for a sack. Jalen Hurts, as great as he's been, he holds the ball sometimes. The Steelers got home to him this past Sunday, despite them not doing literally anything else successfully so i think jerry hughes could be in for another good week uh somebody that is just a quality football player it's always good to bet on quality football players
1: oh yeah absolutely and then with uh jalen Hurts leading the league and rush or not leading, maybe not necessarily leading the league but he's a leader in the league and in rushing overall even let alone in the quarterback position so those defensive ends are gonna have their work cut out for him containing him and uh might lend well to more opportunities so i like that pick uh, someone else I kind of threw out here at the same time for like a fourth mention uh, was Draymond Jones for Denver. Uh, he's seemed to uh, seen a fluctuation in his snap count the last few weeks, but uh, has rather been pretty consistent with his production in that time. Uh, in the last three weeks, for example, he's got 16 tackles and three sacks. Uh, so. Disperse that up how you like. It's looking like pretty good production for somebody that could be out there on your waiver wire and just be worth a look. Uh, if nothing else, maybe a stash.
0: Yeah. And I call that, I, I really do call that the passer chan effect of a team not wanting to challenge this Denver secondary whatsoever. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's in so facto trying to run it, run the ball. And Denver, they've had some ups and downs, but it's the one place you can try to beat that defense because it's a really strong unit. But let's move on to linebackers. I'll say it every single week the meat of the position. Last week, uh, we mentioned Jameen Davis, who finished with six tackles in a TFL. Kind of a middling day. He got his 100% snaps despite having some questions about that in the middle of the week. Um, An interesting note about him, he was not wearing the green dot. There's more on that in this week's newsletter. Again, link for that in my Twitter bio. Um, But, you know, Cameron Curl was, interesting enough. But uh, we mentioned about Akeem Davis Gaither, but more so if... Uh, more so if Zach, or Zach Wilson, more so if Logan Wilson didn't play, Logan Wilson got back on the field. So reserve role again, he was out there, but he didn't pile anything up on the stat sheet. The best thing he did was celebrate oh. that, uh, that strip sack over there with his teammates. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was more of a fill in. And we talked about Christian Harris, who was a big hit. He got seven tackles and played a hundred percent of snaps for the first time this season. We saw Christian Kirksey take that linebacker two role for the first time this year, dropping out and then Harris jumping in. It's very important to remember, I'll throw that out now, that one win teams, this season's over for them pretty much. Uh, to, for the Texans, the season might have ended in week four, you know? So, like, that's, that's where they start looking for these younger guys. And it's always important to look at where we talk about Cody Barton, a guy that wasn't that good to begin with, but he was also a veteran on an expiring contract. They want to get someone else in there because there's no point of seeing what Cody Barton could do. And at least Seattle's competitive. So maybe that's not totally fair. But let's get into the pickups for this week. Let me switch this banner over from defensive linemen to linebackers. Let's uh I'll start off with somebody that I, I want to talk about number two on this list. So I'm going I'll start with number two, Jack Sanborn. So Roquan Smith is now a Raven. That is obvious. We have an article on the IP guys' website that I encourage you to check it out. So I wrote it myself, and obviously that's my immediate takeaways to the big trade that happened yesterday. But I expect Jack Sanborn to take that linebacker two role. Obviously, I'll kick it off by saying if Nicholas Morrow is on your wire, you want to pick up Nicholas Morrow. He'll be the linebacker one for that team. He'll be 100%. But Morrow was already at 100%. That linebacker two is 100% role that Chicago likes to use. They use two linebackers every single play. I think Jack Sanborn, a 22-year-old undrafted free agent out of uh, Wisconsin, I forget if it was this. Yeah, no, he's a rookie. He's undrafted this year. He had an impressive preseason. He looked great. I think he gets that role for all the same reasons I just mentioned with Christian Harris. The season is lost for the Bears. The Bears are playing for next year. So Jack Sanborn is the youth option. They may have traded for A.J. Klein, and he could factor in if Sanborn struggles, but they've got to see what they have in this 22-year-old guy that could be a cheap, reliable option for them opposite of Nicholas Morrow. So I think Jack Sanborn gets first run with this, not somebody else like Joe Thomas and not like, uh, not like AJ Klein, not just yet at least.
1: Yeah, uh, no, you're exactly right. Uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but Nicholas Morrow has the uh, green dot, correct?
0: I would imagine. So yeah. okay, So
1: he's out there making the play calls, but it seems as if when it comes to his production and his play style, he's playing a l- playing a little more passive or passively uh, where he's letting Rokon kind of go in there and take all those, uh, those tackles and, and the production. And I think I don't see why things should really change. Uh Jack Sanborn being a young <clears throat> a young uh first year linebacker coming in and trying to make a name for himself. I don't see if he comes out and shows shows that he wants to play and be here just one week, it's gonna be his. I don't Marle's gonna let him have it. He's gonna be content uh, you know, taking his six to eight tackles the game and making the play calls every week. So uh definitely a good one there. Uh someone we've actually mentioned uh moving on. To our second name, I believe, uh, we mentioned in the past uh, because he got traded and was kind of seen. We were just kind of interested in, in uh, his time in the new team and to see what his uh, snap share came of it. And that's Jalen Smith. Uh, in the last few weeks, he's really actually he's kind of fluctuated a little bit with his playing time. But as of late, in the last couple of weeks, he's really seen it uh, increase even up to the 80s this last week, where he got seven tackles in that time. Uh, I think he's really providing good a good amount of production, especially considering the uh, limited snap count he's had up until this point. Uh, I can only imagine that they're looking to keep him in that role, and that eighty could jump up even a little bit more. And if he keeps getting uh, more more games where he's seeing that eighty percent snap count, I don't see why he couldn't uh, couldn't give you a nice a nice tackle floor at the very least.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned it this week's ago when they added him back. You know, there's a guy that was on this team last year. And we talked about how bad of a player Tate Crowder is. You know, Tate Crowder is not that good of a football player. And this Giants team is good, unlike the Texans, where we're saying, you know, maybe they give younger guys a run. Maybe they wouldn't bring a Jalen Smith in to play him. This Giants team is trying to win right now, and they deserve to win. And Jalen Smith saw 80% of snaps. Tate Crowder saw his lowest of the season, around 35. The switch is being flipped for me. So I, I, I love Jalen Smith as a pickup this week. The last name I'll throw out there is Sion t- uh, Takitaki. If I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I was watching the Cash, where they don't talk about the players. Um, but if you were watching the Joe Buck, I'm sure uh, Joe Buck bro- uh, broadcast, I am sure they were calling his name every single t- time because it felt like he was next to every single play, and he only had seven tackles despite me feeling that way. But uh, this is the Browns' linebacker we're talking about. He uh, with JOK out. It was him and Deion Jones, and Takitaki uh, Taki actually played, you know, four more snaps than Deion Jones. We are all expecting Deion Jones to take that run, the green dot, everything, but it was actually John Johnson wearing the green dot, and it was Takitaki Taki getting all the work. So, I, I I really like him because I I think he's a good football player, and we saw the Browns unit smother the Bengals last night, and he was a big part of that. He got a crushing sack. He played very well, and you know, it's hard. Because we're going to a bye week. You have a newcomer, Deion Jones. Maybe, maybe Deion Jones is still learning this offense. Maybe that switches next week. Maybe Jerm- uh, <clears throat> Jeremiah Obusa Koromoa comes back and is backed out of the doghouse and actually gets back into a big role when he's healthy and everything. A lot can change. But all I know is that this few, you know, if you're chasing a linebacker, if you need a linebacker, he just showed out on Monday night. And I think he's going to earn a role on the forward. We saw him, he was factoring in. Before Deion Jones was on this team too, he was already eating it to uh, eating it snap. So, I I think this team likes him, and I think he's earned a role.
1: Yeah, uh, no, you're exactly right. And and I was just kind of sitting here thinking he's almost like. Uh, a good a good side plate when you're at dinner you know you've got JOK you've got uh Deion Jones and you've got Jacob Phillips who we all thought was going to be the big the, you know the uh, the stakes of this defense I guess if you will uh but Taki Taki's been kind of some nice mashed potatoes there on the side wow. that you know is always going to be there you know he's going to he's going to provide you with uh decent production each week week in and week out but at the same time he's kind of going to take a back seat to whoever the uh, defense really wants to throw in there at that main linebacker position he's always going to kind of be there on the side uh but lately uh, or at least for this year he's really been somebody that you can kind of rely on week in and week out he's not been not been too awful flashy but he's been getting it done and that's for sure
0: yeah i i was thinking rice pilaf initially but i like mashed potatoes a lot more especially with thanksgiving He's starting to come a little closer right now so Mm -hmm. yeah great i i I love that so much let's uh let's move on to defensive backs that was our linebackers last week we talk about Keanu Neal, who broke out with a nice little eight-tackle day with, obviously, Antoine, uh, Antoine Winfield sideline with a concussion. Uh, I brought up Dean Marlowe as the fill-in for Jalen Hawkins in Atlanta. He had a pretty middling, not great day. Sort of a miss there. I'll count that one. Um, and we brought up Geno Stone as well. Six tackles, a pass defense, solid day, which I think is more than – this is more close to what you could expect for Geno Stone. Ten tackles for somebody that's as used as coverage in, as him it was a bit of an outlier. So six tackles on the past defense, I think is exactly what we should be expecting going forward. And that's a pretty, it's not a bad thing to rely on, uh, especially while Marcus Williams continues to miss time on the injured reserve. And we brought up DeMar Hamlin, who's been filling in very well in Buffalo eight tackle day. You know, he might be rostered in some leagues, not rostered in some of mine and still a good name to definitely be checking for because all those names, um, all those names provided the conditions we provide. Like if Wittenfield's playing, you know, we don't have to, chase after keanu neal probably but all those names if they're on your wire i think they still apply going forward you know obviously not d marlo who missed uh but let's let's kick this one off with uh, i know you I, I think you were excited to talk about one of these names i'm excited to talk about one of them as well but i'll let you take it away uh I, yeah go go for it actually go for
1: it yeah absolutely uh i was talking uh i was excited to talk about cj gardner johnson the cornerback for uh the, for the philadelphia eagles the eagles are just crushing it in all aspects of of football so far this season. And I don't see why uh, why anything's really going to slow down. So uh, just this last week, for example, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson got – uh, eight tackles, had a sack, which resulted, obviously, in more stats, as such as a QB hit and a tackle for a loss. And then uh, also with that came an interception or pass deflection. He's just really been all over the field, and especially uh, throughout most of the season, he's really given you a four or five tackle floor per game. And for a cornerback, you really uh, we've mentioned time and time again uh, those high snap counts and high production. If if your corners and your defensive tackles and, and uh, uh, positions like that are really soaking in a good solid tackle floor, they're worth a consideration on your roster if you've got a spot for them, especially someone who's who's padding the uh, uh, the stats in in ways as uh, such as like the pass deflections, your uh, forced fumbles, fumble rec- I mean, any other stats other than just your mainstream uh tackles interceptions and, and things like that if they're able to pad the stats in all sorts of ways you really like to see those guys uh be rostered so definitely consider cj gardner johnson uh first spot on your roster if you uh are looking for help in the defensive back area
0: yeah and i was lucky enough to be at that philadelphia eagles uh pittsburgh steelers. i saw that I, I i know and it was a ton of fun a lot of fun to watch my steelers be one of the worst teams in football yet again but you know, C.J. Johnson. Could not miss him getting that interception. Could not miss him being a very big part of this team and has been ever since he was uh, traded for. And we talked about this in the beginning of the year. You know, this is why you know track this show from start to beginning. It's when he was traded for, we talked about how he could be used in so many different ways. He's such a versatile player. But, you know, we thought that might take some time because of how well he's going to work in this system, where he's going to be used. And now it's being used all over. It's working out incredibly well for this Eagle squad, as well as IDP players everywhere. Now, I'll throw out another name, which is a good reason why to check us out on Twitter, Juju Hughes. So I was expecting Deshaun Elliott to be a go at the start of the week last week, which is why we didn't talk about Juju Hughes on the show. However, that didn't happen. You know, Deshaun Elliott didn't play. And all of a sudden we were looking for his backup. And I, I, we mentioned on Twitter, a lot of us IDP guys, we talked about, um, we talked about Juju Hughes. He stepped in, played up 98% or 99% of snaps. Excuse me. Six tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss. And, he was just excellent. He did everything that uh, you would want Deshaun Elliott to do. And this is the line safety we're talking about, Juju Hughes. And if Deshaun Elliott misses another week, Juju Hughes is another plug and play. He's somebody that you can keep on going. And added bonus for anyone who checked out the Rams hard knocks when he was an undrafted player last year, plays with the toothpick in his mouth. Uh, he's just, he, he, yeah, he does. I don't even know how it's possible. Like, it makes me cringe just like it made you cringe. But I, I listen, i He's he gets it done for IDP. He can wear a toothpick wherever he wants. So, like, yeah, you know, he's gonna get it done. So, I I want to chase that production. I want to chase the role that the Lions are putting their safety in. And that right now, if Deshaun Elliott's out, Juju Hughes is a great pickup. He's a plug and play. There aren't many options better than him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh you, you hit the nail right on the head there. I, I the only comment I would have to say is I know sure as shit if I uh excuse my French, if I had a toothpick in my mouth when I was playing the first it would be the first snap, I would swallow it. <laughs> so that is a bad man. <laughs> uh, the last name we got uh on this list, we'll kind of move on here. We do have a few others to mention as well. Uh but we're gonna talk about somebody. If you're needy at the defensive back position, you can go ahead and stream. Uh, Kareem Jackson. Uh, Michael and I made the note here that we don't we don't particularly love the idea of holding him through the bye week, Uh, but he's been productive and he's mostly available in in just about a large majority of your fantasy leagues. Uh, He's had six tackles or more in all but two games and he's one of those guys that's really seen a lot of the snaps. So those guys that if you're looking for a bi-week fill and you need, you're need you in a pinch, somebody who's going to see a lot of the field a lot of the time and just have all the opportunity uh, to come in and make things happen.
0: Yep, and I, I also like it just because Caden Stearns also currently on the injured reserve. It just makes them rely on Jackson a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'll throw out a couple other names, just nothing that we want to tout as much as we talk about the other names, but uh, Israel Mukamu. Um, who is the Dallas safety, saw a big jump in snaps, around 40% from the reserve role he had now that Malik is out for the year. Donovan Wilson and Jaron Hercurs are both dealing with injury. However, they're on bye, so it might not factor in. But definitely an injury to keep in mind, especially in deep, maybe dynasty formats if you're going that deep. Um, and also Andrew Adams in Tennessee. Uh, we saw Amani Hooker leave the game with an injury that might potentially be somewhat serious. So I expect Andrew Adams to get the majority of work after that. He didn't do too much with the snaps he had this week. The week before, he lit it up for fantasy and had a monster day. So, a name to keep in mind in Tennessee is Andrew Adams. So, let's get into the defensive questions because we have a ton in the chat here. I know uh, I thank you all for them because it's one of my favorite parts of this show, if not my favorite. Um, so, we're going to go to defensive questions now. If you have any more, keep rattling them out. If not, uh, we're going we're to get to offense questions at the end of the stream around that hour mark, around that 1 o'clock Eastern time. However, I have a breaking news trade in the NFL that is not IDP relevant, but I'm going to announce it to everybody right now. The Lions are sending TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is sending a 2023 second, a 2024 third, and the Detroit is sending a 23 fourth and a 24 conditional fourth back. Wow. Well, let's just take. let's do like a 20 second, because we're not on the defensive segment here, but like, Ersmith Smith was dealing with an injury, left the game with an injury. This makes a little bit of sense there that, mm-hmm. you know, that obviously didn't pan out, but Hawkinson now all of a sudden becoming that third option for a Vikings team that is sitting at six and one a team. That is, I wouldn't even say you exceed expectations. I've been all in on the Vikings all season. I have a little $5 to win $110 bet on uh, Kevin be because of the year here that I'm hoping Nick Sirianni chokes away. So that that's something.
1: That's that is, that's wild. Well, how, how do you think it might affect the other receivers? I guess we well, can get into a, that a little bit later. But
0: I was going to say, we have a tight end segment to get to. I guess we could, I mean, there's. We're not, I'm not picking up a backup tight end in Detroit, to be honest. I'm not picking up Hunter Bryant, but wow. Um That's that's something. I mean, all that does for me, I'll give a quick little tidbit. Jameson Crowder's role when he comes, or Jameson Crowder, Jameson Williams' role when he inevitably comes back in a month, a little bit safer. Amon mm-hmm. Ra, as safe as he can be. DeAndre Swift's on 80% route participation this past week. So let's just say he's going to continue to catch a lot of passes. Um, I mean, listen, Josh Reynolds was being phased out of this offense in the sense that he was out there, but he wasn't getting work. This might be a, this probably helps Josh Reynolds more than it helps anyone else on this team. Ultimately, it removes a chain mover. So Jared Goff is probably the biggest loser, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. Uh, yeah, because he's been somebody that that Goff just kind of looks to when he needs when he needs a clutch play. You know what I mean? And uh, I I kind of like it for for TJ Hawkinson. Anyways, I think maybe he might not have such big splash games moving forward, but he might get a little bit more consistent usage uh, just in the game to game, week to week basis. Because you know, in Detroit, they got so many so many mouths to feed over there that. It seems like Hawkinson really flashes here and there, but uh, he hasn't really been somebody that you really particularly want in your lineup every week. We'll just kind of see how it plays out
0: though. Yeah. And there's the subsequent news that Er Smith has suffered a high ankle sprain, according to Adam Schefter. He's expected to miss multiple weeks. That makes sense. Given the trade that was just made aggressive move by Minnesota new general manager in there as well. So, wow. You know, good for them. I mean, listen, six and one, why not? Why mm-hmm. not? And Hawkinson's still under contract given his fifth year as well, as his first round pick. So, Hey, let's get to defensive questions. But oh, my goodness, as I was saying, offensive questions, which I'm sure we probably have a few we can talk about even more later. Offensive questions we're going to get to, get to at the bottom of the stream here. We're going to get to defensive now. Keep on listening to those questions out because we always love answering them. Uh, let's start with infinite possibilities. Oh, wait, that is an offensive question. Love the infinite possibilities. We're going to get to that at the end. Uh, let's start with the Marco's question. Um, have to drop one of his linebackers uh, between Alex Anzalone, Logan Wilson, uh, I'm assuming that's Quincy Williams, Zayvon Collins, and Devon Diablo. The NFL – yeah, the NFL lab finally figured out that Diablo is not a defensive back, which was ridiculous to begin with, and I saw that it might have – yeah, they they, they switched him mid-game, put them on the bench, which is why – don't play in NFL, people. Listen, just try Sleeper, try MFL, try anything else. Yahoo. You know, I like Yahoo a lot. So, But, um, yeah, if you have to drop one of them, I, I guess – uh, my answer would probably be probably Zayvon Collins. Uh, Zayvon Collins' production has been a little bit spotty. Um, I, I don't hate dropping Alex Anzalone either, but for the same reason I mentioned before, Detroit might be looking for a younger guy, but there really isn't another guy to step up. Malcolm Rodriguez could take that 100% role by the end of the season, but still uh, I, I think Zayvon Collins is my answer here. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I was kind of back and forth with – or I was just kind of taking a look at – Uh, Logan Wilson, Quincy Williams, and Collins. And Wilson's just got that six, seven, eight tackle floor. And Zayvon Collins has kind of been all over the place a a little bit. So I think uh, given the circumstances, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with you. Uh, I'd be dropping Zayvon Collins here.
0: All right. Let's move on to a question from Infinite Possibilities. We got to get to one of them here. We're talking about deep 16-team IDP Dynasty League. We're deciding between Miles Hartfield, the defensive back for the Carolina Panthers, Michael uh, Michael Jackson, not the singer, but the cornerback for, I believe, is Seattle, and Zion mccullum We are diving real deep here to names that I am, to be honest, not 100 familiar with, but I think it's uh, based on based on what I'm looking at right now. Miles Hartfield feels like the easy answer. Um, he's the guy that's getting 100 snaps in you know four straight games now. He's at 97. Give me some, give me some leeway. Uh, but you know, seven tackles and three, seven tackles or more in three straight games. I don't think you're going to be, uh, I, I think, uh, my, uh, Miles Hartfield being my number one pickup here. Just again, a Carolina team that wants to be playing younger guys. So Hartsfield entering his, you know, his third or second year right now, somebody that makes sense that he's getting a jump and snap these last few weeks and somebody who's producing. So I don't really see why they're going to take him off. Uh, so it's still Hartsfield for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, definitely you got them in the order that i would have them is uh, that miles Hartsfield, michael jackson and Zon McCollum. that's pretty well how i would how i'd place them uh, Hartsfield seems to have that higher tackle floor uh, i considered michael jackson actually uh for this week's uh, episode but i felt maybe we had other other options that might have been better to mention uh so definitely i'd keep him in that same order i'm, I'm with michael
0: awesome uh let's another question from marco should he hold on to quitty pay and dynasty yes sir that man was having a monster year and unfortunately got sidelined with the industry uh, with the injury injury excuse me and i mean listen you know it's an injury those things happen but the th- important thing to remember is how effective he was for you when he was in your lineup so if you're an incredibly shallow dynasty league which i have to be super shallow for me to consider dropping quity pay but I would definitely be trying to hold. He's a very good player and somebody that is a long-term player for this cold squad. That, listen, it's looking like twenty twenty-three is going to be the goal, and likely twenty twenty-four. Quiddy Pay is going
1: to be a part of that. Hundred percent. It's just been frustrating as a Quiddy Pay owner, knowing he's missed so many weeks. When it kind of would have just been nice if they would have just placed him on on IR at the time of the original injury. So I get I get the frustration, uh, you Quiddy Pay owners, but. Uh, just bear with him. Hold on to him. Don't, don't drop him just yet. You know, we we don't like to drop these guys with talent like this until, until we see them come back and prove that they're not worthy of a roster spot.
0: Yep. Another question from Infinite possibilities. He has multiple second and third round picks. What would you be willing to pay offer for sauce? Gardner jets. Cornerback has had a hell of a rookie season has been exceptional. And I think it's something that we expect to continue because of the level of prospect that he was out of Georgia. So uh, I, I mean, I, I probably peak at a second. Uh, I mean, he's still, to be honest, like you have, you have a lot of picks. there. you list that there, he's still a defensive back. It's still something that is a relatively easy to find position. Um, I don't think I would offer him more than a second. And maybe that's disrespectful to the talent that sauce Garner is, but defensive back is just, it's a tough one to, to, to work with there.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it kind of just depends on maybe the uh, comparative value with how your defensive Uh, your IDP scores maybe compared to the rest of your league and how that compares with your offense. So to me, I'm kind of generally looking at like maybe a a late second round pick uh, for sauce just in general, but I, think preferably before i go out and buy him i want to see him string together a series of games where i mean he's been he's been doing well and and been productive but it hasn't been from sauce a high a high-end defensive back like that if i'm gonna go uh, throwing a second round pick on him i kind of want if i don't already have him i want to see him put together a string of games before i'm really going to go out and throw that second round pick at him yeah
0: the thing with defensive backs is when they play well i mean teams are avoiding sauce Gardner. so mm-hmm. He's not getting some of these interceptions. He's not getting some of the tackles at times because the teams are avoiding him for 75% of the game. So guy, you have guys like Shaquille Griffin who are terrible and are playing awful, but they're getting hyper-targeted. And he's targeted like 24 times in three games like before he got hurt this past week. So, like, I mean, sometimes you just pick those guys up. You spend a fourth for them and they provide you six weeks of starting play. And that's worth it over paying a second for a guy that is, Hit or miss because some games teams just won't avoid, won't throw to them. Some teams you are not throwing the ball much at all. If you're playing the, you know, the Bears, the you know Falcons, and all of a sudden they're just not getting it done. So uh, I I wouldn't pay more than a second just because of the volatility that defensive backs have. Uh, Follow question from Infinite Possibilities: Who would you set first in our waiver priorities? Mike Edwards, safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C.J. Garner Johnson? So Gardner Johnson, the guy we brought up on the waiver show, obviously, you know, not too long ago. You can always rewind if you missed it and watch it afterwards as well. Um, Exceptional player. I'm going Mike Edwards here without kind of a shadow of a doubt because CJ Gardner Johnson will put up probably 10 to... Like, they're both great. Um, They're both obviously wonderful. But I think Mike Edwards just has a significantly higher floor still than CJ. I mean, they're both great. They both have great matchups on tilt. So I'm still going to play Mike Edwards because... I mean, he's he's getting seven tackles a game. I, I mean, I'm not going to mess up with that.
1: Yep, I'm in agreement. I'd say Mike Edwards, I'd, I'd put my uh, <clears throat> waiver wire bid in for him over C.J. Gardner-Johnson in this case, uh, especially with uh, kind of a banged-up defensive back group they got over there. And Tampa, I think they might rely a little bit more on Mike Edwards. He might have a little bit more opportunity – uh, but C.J. Gardner-Johnson is definitely doing well uh, in a great offense. He's just he's just got a lot more talent around him. So I'm with you. I'm going Mike Edwards.
0: Yes, sir. Let's move on to the offensive side of the ball. And, again, a reminder, if you have any questions, continue to drop them in the, uh, in the chat. Offense, and, of course, we're still the IDP guys. So if you have defensive questions that come to mind, we'll still try to get to them at the end of the stream, time permitting. Um, time has not held us back quite yet. So, you know, always try to drop those in. So uh, let's get into the quarterback's. Last week we talked about Daniel Jones, who kind of, kind of was not great this past week. Was uh, remind me he was a little bit not, 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 not the strongest. We also talked about Malik Willis as a rushing quarterback. Did not get it done. Was not great. I don't think any of us were saying to play him immediately as much, but we were hoping for a lot more than he put out there. Um, and yeah. also, at the, uh, yeah. Oh, oh uh,
1: Daniel Jones. I was just gonna uh, go back to uh, what you were yep. relating to. Just had six rushes for twenty yards. He didn't have a single touchdown, uh, no picks, only three three points this last week. So, uh, again, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just flirts with the waiver wire, you know, off and on all season. But matchup dependent, he could still be somebody's stream
0: Yeah, somebody I we Yeah, mean, we're, you know, we're going to try to rebound on those two names. And we also brought up Justin Fields, obviously, who was a big hit. Somebody that I called to be a QB one rest of the way, and I think that's going to stick is just because of that rushing volume, man. And I think mm-hmm. the Bears are figuring something out with Fields and. I mean, hell, you take Roquan Smith off this defense, that team's going to struggle a little bit more, a little bit more favorable game strips, quicker plays even for uh, for Ro- uh, for Justin Fields. So I really do like him. And I'm going to stick on that rushing theme with this first name. I'll talk about Marcus Mariota, who's available in 74% of Yahoo leagues. And he has been quietly a very solid fantasy quarterback. He's been you know top 15 option, and that's because he's running the darn ball. He has six carries or more. In all but one game, in that one game, he had five, and that was in week four. So I'm well aware that the ceiling and, or the floor is fairly low for a guy that's averaging around 25, 30, you know, 25, 28 attempts per game in the air. That really does not leave too much margin for error. But like rushing quarterbacks, he throws it sometimes in the red zone. He's averaging you know, a touchdown in the air. He grabs one on the ground sometimes. He's running six for 40. It's a lovely baseline. And I think that can continue this week, and this Falcons team needs him to be a playmaker. He faces the Chargers, which, A, Chargers have a chance to put up points against a horrific Atlanta secondary, and, and, Axon, the Chargers defense has been banged up and horrific, like just as horrific. I'm, I'm throwing the word around horrific because these two teams epitomize it that much at times. So I think that Mariota can take advantage
1: of a, of a pretty mediocre Chargers defense as well. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Like you mentioned, he's just been kind of a, a quiet, quiet top performer lately. Uh, <clears throat> that rushing upside's really just been in his favor. Uh, we we kind of just had two quarterbacks this week. It's it just kind of a, a carousel, a rotating carousel of quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues that you can just kind of rotate uh, being matchup dependent. Uh, but the second one here, Andy Dalton for the New Orleans Saints. He's uh been kind of declared the starter over Jameis from from kind of what I've read. I'm not sure how uh how definitive that is, if that's gonna hold true for very long. Uh but for at least the foreseeable future he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, rolled out there. So uh then he goes up against the Baltimore secondary. The Baltimore defense overall has just been god awful man. They've been <clears throat> rolled over week after week and have been one of the consistently one of the worst uh, as far as allowing passing yards and just overall stats to uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers this year. So he definitely enters a favorable matchup. They did uh, add Roquan Smith, but I'm not so sure how, how effective he's going to be in, in mitigating the uh, that hole they have in uh, just defending the pass in general. <clears throat> so I let alone, I don't even know if Roquan's going to see a full game or a large share of the snaps this first week. So uh, it's definitely a good matchup for for Andy Dalton's uh last week he threw three interceptions against Arizona. Uh, but don't let that uh shy you away. Those were three of only four that he has throughout this year. Uh so again, with with just a great a great matchup coming up, he's uh he's gonna be a good option for you this week.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to hold your job is when you win twenty four to nothing at home. And honestly, that's all this team needs. Could you take us into this next segment? I have apparently Blown out a bloody nose in this midsection. Oh, it's case. all right. Mike got a blow. <laughs> Take us into those running
1: backs. <laughs> yeah, running backs. Let's move on. Uh, last week we we kind of talked about scooping up the Jets. Uh, if if you got Michael Carter or James Robinson available to you, uh, and, and they're available, go ahead and grab one of those guys. Uh, Gus Edwards came in and and played a large portion of this game, but he did go down with an injury. We just kind of have to monitor that and see uh, see how that goes moving forward. Uh, might not hurt to uh, go ahead and roster Kenyon Drake if you have the room. Uh, if if Gus Edwards is down, he's gonna Kenyon Drake's gonna be coming in. Hey, that's very classy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we also mentioned Dearness Johnson. It still kind of holds true. We'll see how how the trade market uh, goes for the rest of today. We're we're kind of thinking that the the Cleveland Browns might shop off uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, in that case, Dearness Johnson should see an increase in snap share and workload alike. So uh, we we'll just kind of keep an eye out on his situation. He's more of a stash if you have the have the spot. Uh, then we also mentioned Don Foreman, who, again, went off for a second straight week grabbing three touchdowns and an ungodly amount of just production in general. So, I, I,
0: I, I'm so glad that hit because so many too many people were saying, this is ridiculous, I know. <laughs> I love so, it. <laughs> I, again, this is this is why you should check out the YouTube just because of how ridiculous I look right now. Every week it's something. My nose. It is something. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but this is why I like. I'm so happy Deontay Foreman did what he did because so many people were saying don't even bother. You know, mm-hmm. like, but this is starting. This is a starting running back for this team. This is a guy that showed out, and I'm so glad that he did what he did. And health is a guy coming off an Achilles injury, so maybe it just takes you know three, four years for some of these other guys to bounce back. But uh. I'm happy he's doing what he's doing. Let's uh, I'll throw a one. I'll throw one name here. We have a couple. It's a very, not a very dirty land for this uh running back landscape, but I quietly feel good about these two. I'll start with the Tennessee Titans running back, not Derek Henry, but Dontrell Hilliard. So this is somebody that has been lingering on a role for quite some time. He's been ro- working on those third downs. He's been rotating in. He's somebody that. Has been a pretty reliable player for this Titans squad that doesn't have enough playmakers. And it works so well right now because when he has Malik Willis, the Titans are running the ball and not letting them not letting Willis throw at all. It's not happening. Like they're not gonna let this past week or so I'm what 15 times. So it's not gonna happen too often. And they won the game because of it. They're gonna continue to pound the rock on Derrick Henry as well as as well as Dontrell Hilliard. So I think that that's something that can continue, especially because if he comes back, let's say it's Tannehill, Dontrell Hilliard gets dumped downs, And better yet, faces the Chiefs. So either they're going to run run like hell um, on the Chiefs and have Derrick Henry and Dontrell get decent amount of touches and have a decent, quiet PPR you know day for Dontrell Hilliard, or it's Tannehill. And Tannehill could be dumping down like it's crazy. So I, I like Dontrell Hilliard as a available flex this week, a guy that Listen, we're, we're in week nine. There are a lot of teams on by this week. We're talking, I think it's like eight teams on by this week. It's something insane. By Mageddon, so, man. Yeah, it's by again. This is by Mageddon this week. So I think you could do worse than Dontrell Hilliard, <laughs> The guy that is, you know, he's at least going to be out there and he's going to get touches while, you know, there's just no one else to get them in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, I was actually just doing, uh, running through kind of some stats uh, as far as defenses go, just kind of what's been allowed to uh, uh, posit- different positions uh, by team, and the Chiefs are one of only two teams that appeared on the top fifteen. Most points allowed list for quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, and wide receivers, all four of them. Them and the lines were the only two that showed up on the top 15 of all, all four of those lists. So there's going to be a lot of points to be had in this game. And with the wide receivers going down and Malik Willis starting a quarterback, it doesn't really seem like there's going to be a whole lot of passing. So I would imagine that Hilliard's going to be pretty... Pretty involved in that short passing game. Give Malik um, Willis a lot of dump off or t- dump off opportunities and just quick, short, easy passes. Uh, while Derrick Henry just runs it right through, the, right down their throat.
0: Absolutely. You want to talk about running down our throat, run down someone's throat? You want to take this next name, guy? A guy that I honestly could you could confuse him for a for a fullback. Do you want me to? You want me to run down this disgusting but probably viable fantasy name? Go for it. Go for it. All right, Caleb Huntley. Atlanta running back. Big boy. All right. So he actually out-carried Tyler Algier this week. And if we know anything about Atlanta, it's that they are going to run the ball and then they're going to run the ball. And then on third down, they're going to play action and then pitch it to somebody else to then run the ball again. So Caleb Humley saw 16 carries. It was the second time this season that he's done that. And, you know, he wasn't exactly viable the week after that. But we have a good string of matchups. He got it done this week in a good matchup against – excuse me against carolina and i think he's going to keep it going he gets the chargers he faces carolina again and he faces chicago all our top 10 running back matchups and we talk about chicago as well a team that just lost roquan smith as well so top 10 let's talk top three for Todd of the right there so caleb huntley's going to get a lot of run while Cordell patterson continues to miss time because they're going to continue to work into running backs please this is what the titan this is what this is what the uh falcons want to do this is what Arthur Smith wants to do. They want to run the ball. They want to run it down your throat and it's working. This is what the first place team in the NFC South right now is the Atlanta Falcons. So they're going to keep doing it. And until someone stops them, they're going to, they're going to keep trying. And I'm not sure that the chargers with their run defense, the Panthers or the bears can drop them. So you could do worse for than A guy that is going to get double digit touches and he might not catch the ball a ton, but. Double-digit touches and a decent snap share is better than you could ask for from both skies this week.
1: Yeah, I expect him – I agree. I expect him to be a serviceable at least by week fill uh, in case getting is really hitting you hard. Uh, he's going to be getting volume, going to be getting the touches. You just kind of hope uh, – you're kind of living on a little bit of a prayer, just hoping that uh, he's the hot hand that they're riding in uh, on any given week. So I definitely like him uh, as an option, especially while uh, – Remind me, is Patterson out for is he on long term or short term IR? Sure. Uh, he's not he,
0: he's not out for the season, but he still hasn't been um he still hasn't been designated to return quite yet. So right. The, should right still those have, two. Yep, the Tyler O'Gier and Caleb Huntley experiment will continue and honestly it's worked so far. So, you know, listen, I mean get, get the get the old guy Patterson right. Let's move on to wide receivers. We talked about last week Marcus Goodman if DK missed and DK is a subhuman or I, is, is that the right not subhuman that's a it's like ultra human i don't know he's superhuman he is a superman i don't know he's just not he's built different and dK shook off a patella injury in a week and Marquez Gilman was back to the
1: auxiliary role uh, i think he also, actually even saw five targets and, and he, still that, he still got he still got the there. ball
0: I and mean, he I, I, he only grabbed a few screens took him for those 10 yard things, he just didn't exactly get you know the deep ball that we were kind of hoping right. for because you know honestly Seattle didn't need to Giants didn't put up much of a fight, which is also why Wando Robinson didn't exactly have the best day either as the entire Giants offense just stalled out. Um, I'm still willing to give Wando Robinson another week just because, you know, it is a tough thing now. What do you do with Wando Robinson? Because now you have to hold him through the bye if you want to. And Um, it it depends on your league. Listen, I don't mind dropping him and then trying to pick him up again next week. I don't know if people are going to. If you drop him, I don't know if people are rushing to pick him up either. But. I, I, I'm willing to drop him for some of these names that, like, let's let's just compare it to the names we're going to bring up. I would drop him for, uh, both the names we're going to bring up here. And should we just jump into it then? Instead yeah, of just jump teasing into it, it. yeah, just, okay.
1: I'll,
0: I'll run off with the first one because I, I feel very good about this one. Josh Palmer, um, and also at the top, we're not going to talk about Kadarius Tony. Because he was picked up in every league last week. But if he was not, he should be stashed as a new chief right now. And I, in my opinion, should be flipped for something. But hey, that's just me. Josh Palmer is the first name I want to bring up. Chargers wideout has filled in for Keenan Allen at times this year and did okay with it at times. Some weeks better than not. And now he's going to be doing the same. But instead for Mike Williams, who's going to miss several weeks with an ankle injury. Now he faces Atlanta. We talked about before, Atlanta having a horrific defense, horrific secondary. Well, the 32nd in passing yards allowed. They're allowing over 300 passing yards a game, which is worst in football. They made P.J. Walker, as well as P.J. Walker has played. They made P.J. Walker look like not Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady combined on Sunday. So I like Josh Bonner to find the end zone. They've allowed also two passing touchdowns a game, almost two passing touchdowns. was 25th in the league. It just shakes up well to be a good day for Josh Palmer, who should play the third role. And Keen Allen also limited on Monday, and still not right, coming off the bye week and coming off the half roll. So, Josh Palmer, assuming he's playing after his concussion, he should be playing a high snap role and somebody that you know with an you know, excellent matchup. And he's available in widely, amountedly like seventy percent of leagues right now. So, give a give a look. I, it's the type of guy I want to chase the matchup for, and could have uh, value beyond this week. You know, I oh, yeah. was expect to miss as well.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. With Mike Williams, uh, definitely are appearing more likely to be out. <clears throat> and Keenan Allen played a little bit last week, but he was still hampered. It's, this hamstring has been a lingering injury that's caused him problems all year long. And we've seen time and time again in history has a way of repeating itself. If you can't curb a hamstring injury early on and you continue to try to play through it, it doesn't get any better, any quicker. Uh, so I would imagine if Keenan Allen is missing practice still and he's not a full go, he's not able to even practice for a full uh, uh, for an entire day. I would imagine that if he does play Sunday, it will be uh, limited. And if not, he's not going to be a hundred percent. So Josh Palmer is definitely going to be uh, an awesome candidate in this offense to really take a to make up for uh, the Mike Williams loss and maybe the lack of targets that Keenan might get just because of his. Uh, I mean, just it's just going to be injury lethargic. I guess is it for lack of better words. You know, it's not that he's he just can't perform. It's it's or that he doesn't want to. It's just he's he's really limited. They don't have any options. They need him out there, so he's going to try to be out there. But again, there's really nothing you can do if your hamstrings just bothering you like that. You, you it those those injuries are are ones that take several several weeks of ultimately little to no activity to really gain full strength.
0: Gerald Everett is going to be very high in my rankings this week. I'll give you a spoiler with that right now uh, for that, you know, the one consistent piece of this team. I'm sure Austin Eckler for whoever works out the running back rankings is going to be up there as well. Uh, just the dump downs will be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw out one other name. Just We had the news come out that Rashad Bateman's foot injuries are more serious than initially expected. So we have the issue of the Ravens pass catcher because Lamar is still effectively throwing the ball, albeit not that much. Mark Andrews dealing with an injury of his own. We're gonna to touch on that in a second. But Devin DuVernay or uh Devin DuVernay or DeMarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson was the guy that got all the targets last week. Looked pretty darn good with it as well, to be honest. So what do you what, what are you doing here? Because I I still like Devin DuVernay, a guy who found the end zone, a guy who's been the more consistent of the two throughout the season, he's honestly, in my opinion, the better player as well. And he gets, you know, the quicker touches. Whereas we're talking about DeMarcus Robinson is more of the the X receiver at wide. What are you? Which one are you chasing? If you're chasing either uh, with Bateman, expect to be sidelined for multiple weeks.
1: Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm going Duvernay. They, uh, Lamar Jackson just seems to like to find him for a lot of red zone looks or end zone looks, and he's found the end zone several times already this season. Uh, DeMarcus Robinson's eight targets is very encouraging, but uh, given this offense and its inconsistencies when it comes to the passing game, outside of Mark Andrews getting uh, bulk of all the targets, there's not really a whole lot you can rely on week in and week out. So uh, with with that said, I'm with you. I'm going DuVernay uh, over DeMarcus Robinson. About anybody not named Rashad Bateman is who Lamar Jackson loves to throw to.
0: Yeah. Uh, Are there any other... Wide receiver names that you want to throw out here, and then we brought down a couple other. We have guys like Rondell Moore who popped off again, but then you you know he had a bad week, week last week, and you have to hold him through the bye as well. By Apocalypse yet again, by McGinnis, as you put it. Are you going to do that? We have Terrace Marshall who saw a huge taking up to uh, usage this week and actually got the ball at times. I personally can't stand Terrace Marshall and didn't like him as a prospect, but I'm curious on your your takes on either. I I would I'm going to hold on both. I would want to maybe pick up Rondell for next week, but I don't really want to hold him through the buy. I'm not chasing Terrace Marshall, but what do you think?
1: I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'd be more <clears throat> more inclined to pick up uh, Rondell more and throw him on my on my bench at the very least. Uh, with By McAden coming, well, it, you said they do they they play with this week, don't they? They're not on bye. Oh, the Cardinals. well,
0: I made that up. Yeah, I, listen, sometimes you know. Sometimes the oh, hey. Spookiness gets
1: to me, you know, yeah. uh, but hey, no, no problem. Uh, they do. They do play Seattle. Now. They do play oh, okay. Seattle. Uh, yeah. Which I, is... I'm definitely worth I'm definitely interested in picking up Rondell more. Honestly, I, he got this last week. He got exactly kind of what I figured or what I was hoping that he would get as far as production and, and uh, usage out of this offense, especially with Hollywood out. So I, I,
0: looks like we might have lost Axton there i'm not exactly sure what just happened if you watch the youtube you're gonna see my gorgeous face right now i guess but uh i mean i i, I now that he is not on by he won't be on by till week 14 uh ronald moore is definitely somebody that I, I don't mind stashing i don't feel confident playing in seattle we saw what, what seattle can we saw what seattle did against this giants team welcome back Axton. i, I don't know i was, what I was agreeing with you I'll, I'll tell you i <laughs> it was it was weird but you weren't breaking up at all but uh Axton's back with us now for those not watching on YouTube. But uh, it's I, – I don't mind picking him up. I don't want to play him against Seattle, though. I think we saw what Seattle – Seattle played very well last week as the Giants this is a team that is a young defense. They're finding themselves. They're playing better. They're incorporating Bruce Irvin into this defense too a little bit, which is interesting. So I, I, I'm i not going to chase it personally, but I might pick him up next week when he has another dud game and maybe booms the next week after.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would like to say, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, to put stashing him there at the end of my bench. Uh, again, and just not looking forward to this next matchup, but definitely stash uh, while Hollywood's out. But then I also threw Terrace Marshall on there, just mainly because they got rid of CMC, and nobody really knew quite how this offense was going to operate, let alone like who's going to take up the massive workload that CMC was leaving. Uh, leaving, but it seems like about everybody. Don Foreman, Chuba Hubbard got a little bit uh there last week and then uh Terrace Marshall saw nine targets this week. Uh even with DJ Moore <clears throat> taking uh taking a large portion of the passes so uh or of the receptions. So I, it's, it's not somebody that I'm really chasing quite yet, but somebody you keep an eye on with with not many other options in this Carolina offense. He might be somebody that just sees a healthy amount of targets. I'm not saying uh, that he's going to be seeing the end zone or anything like that anytime soon, so it might be a little more boom or bust, but definitely something to kind of keep an eye out, who's really going to get uh, the receiving work behind D.J. Moore.
0: Yeah, the numbers are promising for Terrace Marshall. I mean, you talk about the Christian McCaffrey trade changing this offense is a very good point. Chris, you know, obviously Chris McHalf was traded right before week seven. In week seven, Tress Marshall saw his highest snap total of the season at 86%. Huge, you know, doubling what he was at. And this past week, 93%. He saw nine targets. He only caught four of them because I don't think he's that good. But it still represents opportunity. And he's a downfield threat. It's what he was at LSU. It's kind of what he is now. Um, he's a big guy. I, I I see the upside and I don't mind chasing it. I just still hesitate to buy into the Panthers being this good of an offense week in week out. I'm mm-hmm. worried about it last week with Foreman, and obviously Foreman still got it done. And if Foreman can get it done, it's going to get it done for the whole team. But I I, I still remain skeptical. Um, you could do worse out there, especially in deeper leagues. I, you made all the great points with it.
1: Yeah, rightfully uh, so, man. No, just like again, somebody somebody keep an eye on the monitor, and maybe just just yes, kind sir. of watch how he plays out the next few weeks. For sure, and let's get over to tight ends
0: so last week we talked about harrison Bryant and irv smith both miss Irv smith obviously also got hurt but and johnny munt stole the touchdown that i knew a, a minnesota tight, viking tight end would get uh but plain and simple i those were really my calls last week and i i, I apologize for missing on them we're gonna try to do better this time around um i'll throw out evan ingram which is the perfect name for me to be heard again by, right? I mean, this is a first-round talent in a way. Uh, but he's seen six or more targets in four consecutive games. He's grown into this role for this uh, Jaguar squad, and he's facing the Raiders, who will have 13 points per game to tight ends, the worst in football, So third worst in football, excuse me. So I think a guy that has a high route participation, a guy that found the end zone for the first time this past week, and has you know an open depth chart to be can get these targets like the targets make sense and he faces a great matchup I, I i just see a good blend of ceiling and floor for somebody maybe not the highest ceiling because like i said first touchdown of the season he's not a two touchdown guy the Jaguars are not putting up two touchdowns as a team too often so i i think we could see one touchdown but at the very least i think we can easily see six catches for 60 yards. And that'll be getting done for fit, for PPR at least, definitely, especially in premiums.
1: Yeah, definitely. Evan Ingram, through all the inconsistencies that's kind of remained in this offense, he's been one of the few that's been kind of reliable. Kirk is Christian Kirk has been has flashed some greatness, has seen a lot of targets here and there, found the end zone. But Evan Ingram continues to see a nice 6-7 target uh, game <clears throat> average and just continues to see a healthy amount uh, of these passes being thrown to him. And even – I was kind of watching that game a little bit and seemed like even after that first touchdown – Trevor Lawrence kept trying to get him the ball even more. It was like he was just really trying to pump it to him. He almost had a second one there that got deflected and he didn't quite catch that one. But it kind of made me excited to see, uh, to see kind of how he does moving forward and how it seems like Trevor, again, Trevor Lawrence has really just kind of taken a liking to him. He's been, he's been a nice security blanket for him.
0: Completely agree. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a name here that we, I'm going to quickly touch on this because we mentioned it last week. um, And I hope you guys picked him up last week. Greg Dolchich. All right, I'm going to go off script here as Axton can look at our doc and see that that was not the next name we were going to talk about. But I am willing to hold this guy through the buy. I never say that about a tight end. I've never, I never said that about a rookie tight end before um, in my life, probably. So this is somebody that has been unbelievably impressive, has passed every eye test I could think about, was a solid prospect, got draft investment, and the minute he came back, the minute he was healthy, he was incorporated on this team. So has worked with multiple different quarterbacks and the no multiple. He's worked with two different quarterbacks and has thrived with both. This past week he saw four targets, or he saw five targets, caught four of them for 87 yards. Last week he saw nine and caught six balls. I mean he faces Tennessee, the Raiders, the Panthers, Baltimore, KC, Arizona. All those teams are top top half. Um, against tight end in terms of matchups, some of them inside the top five. So I'm chasing it. I'm chasing I am all in, Axton. I'm all in on this Greg Dolchitz hype train. Despite him being a rookie, despite him being on a low-scoring Broncos team, I'm in. I I, I think Dolchitz is the real deal. He's going to be an excellent Dynasty guy and a guy that I'd be willing to spend high on Dynasty as well. Like I, oh, I'd yeah. be willing to pay up for him.
1: Absolutely. He's almost a unicorn, it seems like. Nobody could have ever imagined a rookie tight end coming and making the impact that he has already this season. And and with regard to even this last week, four for five for uh, 87 yards, he was one yard shy of the touchdown of getting me that anytime touchdown bet that I placed on him one yard, oh, man. Heartbreaking. It is, it is, but nonetheless, great, uh, awesome tight end in, in such a depleted position uh, this year. He's somebody that I uh, surprisingly, I looked in 50% of the leagues he's available in uh, on sleeper alone. If if you don't get him now, you're not going to. So uh, definitely stash him, whether you got one, you got a serviceable tight end, you got a couple of them. If anything else, if nothing else, trade value. Somebody's going to need a tight end. So I'd be, I'd be definitely picking him up. Uh, then if we kind of want to move on, uh, we can mention another former uh, Broncos tight end, Noah Font. We, we both agreed we're, we're kind of ready to be hurt by him. We don't really have... Oh, yeah. High expectations. Uh, but Fent has a small edge over Will Disley on routes, route participation. And it's it's honestly just really wild how how even this split is. Uh, red zone targets, target quality, etc. But uh, no font has a, a much better A dot as expected. So uh, we're kind of giving him the edge moving forward over disley disley kind of just seems more like a touchdown dependent option which really at this point is really just going to be one catch <laughs> you know what i mean he's going to get maybe a couple other catches in a game for a yard or two but you're really hoping for that one in the end zone uh so definitely going with no font if you're in a pinch in bimageddon week uh definitely somebody who's who could see a, <clears throat> a decent amount of targets
0: yeah the cardinals are allowing 16 fantasy points per game to the tight end so hell we could get room for both of them in there but I th- I feel incredibly confident that Disley or hell watch watch it be Kobe Parkinson watch it be Colby Parkinson but first touchdown. I feel yeah oh my God I feel very confident that Disley and Disley or Noah Fant will get in the end zone in this game I'm just gonna chase the guy they have literally dead even route usage dead, or not dead route usage but dead even snaps dead even across the board on a lot of things I took some time to look at it. But I'm just gonna take the guy that is the more athletic one that has been targeted farther downfield, two yards farther on average on each route. So that's that's I'm I'm going fant over it when I'm just chasing the matchup because I think both could get in the end zone. Uh, red zone targets are almost identical. And we'll quickly touch on Isaiah Likely, another rookie tight end. You know, we talked about this being one of the weaker tight end classes like in recent memory. And we have two tight ends we're talking about in this rookie season. It's unbelievable to talk about we talked we talk about Jake Ferguson even at times this year. And Daniel Bellinger. Oh my goodness. But uh, I mean, Isaiah Likely has been flashing all year long. He was unbelievable in the preseason. He was my tight end too in this pre-draft process. I liked him a lot. Um, and he looked great, dominated on Thursday night football when Mark Andrews left early. I do expect Mark Andrews to play this week. And when Mark Andrews plays, you cannot play Isaiah Likely as much as you may want to because he's fun and Bateman's out, and you don't really have a trusted number two but you're still not going to be chasing him if Mark Andrews is playing. But that said, if Mark Andrews is sitting, Isaiah likely is a plug-in play, honestly, with how dirty the uh, the landscape can be. He's a great football player with a quarterback that loves to target the tight end.
1: It honestly gets pretty simple like that, right? It's pretty cut and dry right there. (laughs) If Andrews is playing, he's not really going to be worth anything. But if you do have Andrews and you're kind of worried about his availability this week, or in the stash likely, uh, and don't feel bad about rolling about there if Andrews isn't a go this week.
0: Yes, sir. Let's get into some offensive questions. Again, if you have any more, be sure to jump in the chat We're already over the hour mark and appreciate the high viewership that we're having right now of people sticking around, so I really do appreciate it. So if the possibility possibilities asked at the top of the show, would we take a second-round pick for Antonio Gibson? He has a 4-on-4 four four record with Zeke, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, I'm assuming Hassan Haskins, and Jermichael Hastie. Uh, it's a 16 team, I'd be dynasty and he already has three seconds and four thirds. I hmm, think I hold I think mm-hmm. I hold. If you can promise me this is an early second, I would take it. but I, I if unless you make me that promise, I like Antonio Gibson as somebody that will not leave. Antonio Gibson was supposed to lose this job, but he has two talented to and he's earned his way onto this field. It's an ugly situation. Your running backs are top heavy with Swift and Jacobs um i would i would keep gibson in there as a guy that probably is the best flex value of the rest i mean zeke i guess we'll have flex value because jerry jones refuses to quit the man and it's unbelievably frustrating
1: until but, his knees actually give out and he I, physically cannot outrun anymore they're gonna put him on the field
0: i I, it, I cannot emphasize there's a lot of things that annoy me about the nfl <laughs> but this is this is a top 15 one for me man i i, I just don't get it but I mean, that aside, I mean, you have Damon Harris being faded out a little bit there. So I, I'd hold Gibson myself. What about you?
1: I'm in total agreement. I, I'm i just holding the talent. Antonio Gibson has kind of surprised us all with uh, how he's performed, especially given the, a decrease in his snap count and just overall usage. He's still producing and he's still uh, more than a, a flex-worthy, uh, serviceable uh, player for your for your teams honestly i've even seen people dropping him in redraft leagues which i will be taking advantage of at <laughs> the very least to uh no. throw him on my bench so i'm in agreement I'm, I'm probably holding him here
0: yeah great 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 point there as well as a name to keep in mind everything or kyle pitts that's the situation we're at in this point of the year kyle pitts had a monster day the best day so far for him uh five catches 80 yards and a score everything we talked about got in the end zone had himself a good day It's tough because Pitts has a tougher matchup against the Chargers. The Chargers have been very stringy against the tight end this year. And assuming this is a one-week play, rest of season, I'll still take Pitts. I'll trust that this talent is actually breaking out. And if we're talking about playoffs, he has some juicy matchups in Week 16, 17, and 18 if your league plays it. Um, This week, I mean, I'm going to do my tight end rankings later today. If you're a subscriber to the site, I encourage you to check out my tight end rankings when they get published late tonight. Uh, Obviously, they'll be up tomorrow to check out. Um, so I'll, I'll be diving into that and making this decision. I'll tell you they'll be f- f- scarily close in my lineups. I think I would play Evan Ingram, which is blasphemy, honestly, my like in my eyes. But uh, I think I I think I play Evan Ingram again. I'll be diving <coughs> that into that ex- that exact argument later today.
1: Yeah, uh, like we kind of alluded to earlier that Chargers defense is a little bit banged up. Uh, so you'd like to think that Pitts has a good opportunity, but we've kind of thought that about all year long and, and, and Pitts really just, hey, there's really no rhyme or reason to his usage. You know, occasionally it seems like he just goes off and he'll have a, he'll have a great game, but the next game he may only be targeted like two or three times. I think Ingram's really going to give you that, that good floor that, you know, he's going to have the ball thrown to him six or eight times every single game. It's just kind of a matter of where and when, and and just kind of the game script that goes with it. It's not like uh, Pitts where you're just, at this point, I hate to say it, we're, we're kind of living on a prayer. We're hoping that maybe the game script plays out in his favor. They don't, you know, <clears throat> go up a lot. They, We just don't know quite what Pitts is going to bring in. And again, it's just kind of, at this point right now, it's just one of those situations with Pitts. I want to see him, uh, before I put him in a, over Ingram, I want to see him string together a couple, at the very least with his kind of talent, a couple of games in a row where he's getting good usage and, and producing.
0: Yeah, I'm always willing to take a shot on Pitts because of the ceiling, like we saw this past week, it <laughs> is higher than Evan Ingram still. But both yeah, are on absolutely. run first. Both are on run first teams. Both have, I guess, other receiving options to contend with. I mean, I, I, Evan Ingram, despite that, has he played a season high ninety three percent of snaps? He's seen six targets in four straight games. So can't say the same about Pitts right now. Um, question from Marco: Should he drop or should he pick up Terrace Marshall and drop Marquise Goodwin? I would do that, despite my. Um, I, my my slander towards Terrence Marshall before I would t- chase the upside and chase the usage. Marquis Cole nothing more than the
1: third option of this team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in total agreement. But uh, for, for Seattle, I, although albeit uh, Geno Smith has been doing really well, that's pretty well thanks to to Lockett and DK Metcalf, uh, and then those tight ends getting those splash games. Uh, but past that, your wide receivers and anybody anybody past that is really not of any value unless any one of those guys are hurt. Uh, Terrace Marshall with CMC gone now, he's looking like he's going to be the second receiving option in this offense for the remainder of the season. You just hope that uh, his talent can warrant uh, serviceable production and that he can continue to get reliable usage. So I'm definitely for dropping Marquise Goodwin for uh, Terrace Marshall in this case.
0: So I got a a fly going on over here. But uh, uh, we got another question from Marco, now on the defensive side of the ball. Should you pick up uh, Jeff Okuda? Um, Devin McCourty, Xavier Mc, uh, McKinney or Roger McCreary, I pick up my Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary's been a tackle machine. Uh, McKinney's been a little bit too inconsistent for my liking. Devin McCourty has been dependent on, um, uh, depend on interceptions and as much as he likes to be floated up the ball at times, I'm not going to just chase those right now for him. Um, and Okuda's been fine. Okuda's been a very good player and quietly a much improved year for him. Um, but Roger McCreary is the guy that has the highest floor and high ceiling to me at the same time.
1: Yeah. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's kind of exactly where my mind was going here. You got too much, too much uncertainty with there with McCordy, McKinney, uh, Okuda I think McCreary really giving you that reliable production week in and week out. I, that's who uh, that's definitely my choice there.
0: Yep. I have a good question here from Ron, uh, Ron rug. I hope I pronounced that correctly. My man, I appreciate you dropping the question and uh, did Jonathan Owens lose his starting job. So this, was a big part of Sunday's slate for IDP guys. We were, Mm -hmm. we were chasing after this because he was benched in the second half and I blame it because he was missing a lot of tackles. He was missing tackles on a team that is missing a ton of them. I mean, Jalen Pitchery and Christian Harris made a living for it and yeah, Christian Kirksey's made a living of it. So I don't really get why Owens was pulled and nobody else was at the same time. Um, And if you're going to chase the guy after that, I expect MJ Stewart to try to get some of that Eric Murray working in. I don't – I'm not willing to say he lost it yet because I think it might have just been a mid-game thing. I think he might get back to it. I don't know if MJ Stewart's going to be that type of guy to get into it. He was kind of a bust himself. I'd hold him. I might not want to play him. I might try to find another option. Um, I wouldn't want to – just outright cut him yet he's been good for you so far he's just missed a few tackles this past week got on the bad side of the coach i guess doghouse maybe um but i i i think he could get the he could still jump back into that role next week i wouldn't be surprised it's not like people came in and everything got better
1: yeah no you're exactly right and it's not unheard of especially in a failing team we mentioned earlier where they're not when they're not afraid teams at this point in the season if they know kind of what their end result is is going to be as far as uh playoff pushes or just kind of what their game plan is going to be moving forward they don't mind uh kind of putting putting fire under people's butts or uh doing you know throwing in younger players to see how they react and and just getting more getting people more acquainted with these jobs so i think in this case jonathan owens missing a few tackles might have just been kind of a statement to take him out and say you know we're not you may have done well for us this year but if you think if you think you can slack on us uh you got another thing coming we'll put somebody else in there so i think uh, he's been too great for us to really drop at this point in the season he's nearly averaging 10 tackles a game i think it was just kind of one of those things where they're like listen here bud you know we we really (laughs) we need you in this defense we can't we can't be having you going out and making these kind of mistakes uh mistakes for us after you've been Producing so consistently week in and week out, so I, I again I'm with Michael. I think I'm holding him for now. But if you have a dead friend option that's similar or that you could pivot to, you might go with him. But I think it's still his job. Uh, but don't drop him. Let's just uh, let's just kind of wait it out.
0: MJ Stewart and uh, Jonathan Owens are the same exact age, so that's why I have some... When I talk about Christian Harris taking over the job for uh, Kamu Grudger-Hill or Christian Kirksey, that's a rookie takeover for veterans. We have mm-hmm. two veterans vying off here, so that's why I think Owens could still hold on to it as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, back to Infinite Possibilities. Is Ronnie Rivers, running back of the Raider, uh, Raiders Ra- uh, Rams, worth a pickup in the uh, 16-team league? I think we will have that answer decided by four o'clock today when kareem hunt gets traded to the los angeles rams i hope i really do um but if not if not i guess so i mean he led them in carries he led them in usage he started the game for them um he didn't do too well with it but nobody has for the rams quite yet in a 16 team league you're probably deep enough that you're talking about rodney rivers we didn't bring him up today because we're working with a 12 man normally Mm -hmm. um and that's even a little bit deeper than I want to go, but I, uh, I, 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 I think that's the answer there, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Especially <laughs> if you've got uh, such a deep, so many teams, I'd imagine that your rosters are fairly deep. <clears throat> Ronnie Rivers, uh, again, if uh w- definitely worth the roster spot, on. Uh, you pretty well nailed it all right on the head. Yes, sir.
0: All right, Jeff Wilson or from Marco here, Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jalen Warren, Jermichael Hastie, and Damian Williams are all available in his league. Should he pick one of them up? Obviously, it depends on who you're dropping. Um, but if I'm picking up one, I guess it's oh, wow. I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm in a rush to pick up any of these names. Uh, Jeff Wilson's very clearly the second fiddle to Christian McCaffrey. Jalen Warren is still the second fiddle, uh, kind of, and Jermichael Hastie is obviously the backup as well. Damian Williams might not even be that, it definitely isn't even that. So, I guess Jalen Warren's my name of the bunch. I'm not really rushing to pick up any of these guys, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Jalen Warren has had he's not has seen a lot of uh, usage, but with the usage he has gotten, he's been very efficient. So I wouldn't expect him to really just overtake a role unless. Uh, but I mean, if the Steelers kind of count themselves out, you may end up finding him in the in the mix a little bit more later on this season. Uh, but for now. That I think he could be worth. I think he'd be. Uh, he'd have the most upside and the biggest chance to see some production of of this group, anyways.
0: Yeah, and I have no basis for saying this right now. I'll start off with that, but I would not be surprised if the Steelers shut down Najee Harris when the season is like when the season is truly out of hand. I don't mm-hmm. think that foot is right. I don't think they're still locked into that contract for the foreseeable future, for the next three years plus a fifth year option, or two years plus a fifth year option. They want Najee Harris to work out still. They like Najee Harris. He's a good guy in this locker room. I think the foot's bothering him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got shut down and we see Jalen Warren actually get some run as a player, um, especially when the Steelers, you know, 2-6 team right now. They will, you know, this season's done almost for them. So uh, that that's that's where I lean on Jalen Warren's interesting name. Uh, Infinite Possibility brings up he wants to get out of the Chase Young business, draft him as a rookie, hasn't gone crap since owning him, I would argue got something in his rookie year. He was pretty darn good his rookie year in spots and obviously towards the ACL last year and you know, obviously hasn't totally worked out since. Um, what draft would we ask in trade? I'm holding personally because I do think the value will bounce back. I do believe in this talent. This is an Ohio State guy that was the number two overall pick, and people I know were saying he should have went ahead of Burrow, actually, um, which I didn't agree with, but I – I I still like Chase Young quite a lot. I guess if I'm looking to trade him, an early second and a flex type of thing, maybe you know. Yeah, um, I right mean
1: that's kind of where I was leaning too. I if I if personally I'd be holding him, uh, but if I were gonna take a trade again, we kind of refer back to. Uh, kind of how the rest of your league looks uh, when you're talking about IDP performances comparatively to the offense is kind of where you get your trade value differentiation. Uh, generally speaking, a second round pick doesn't seem doesn't seem far off. That that'd be pretty acceptable for for a guy like Chase especially now. Uh, it might be tough to get a second round pick, yeah, uh, out of him just because of the injury. You may have to wait until he comes in and produces something for. A week or two, but if you can get it now, I think that seems fair.
0: Yeah, I, I that's that's I guess we're on the same page. There, uh, I hear from Grant saying they couldn't believe they didn't in uh, target either tight end last night. Truly thought Brian would be the target number two for Cleveland, as did I, Grant, as did I, and I won't lie, I thought he was about to score when they uh, he lo- uh, percent looked to his left on that first drive or first scoring drive, and all of a sudden just dumped it down instead, and I was a very very upset about it won't lie kind of had a first touchdown thing going on in there three dots so was 69 and then he totally tanked for me um he was running some routes they obviously lined him off for a blocker because of how much they just ran at will uh just disappointing day all, all around for a player that i still believe is a good player question in here is a top level question one of the last ones we got here justin jefferson or stefan diggs would he trade justin jefferson or Stephon diggs i'll just quickly say if this is dynasty you're obviously holding justin jefferson Assuming this is redraft, um, I'm taking Diggs. I mean, Jefferson Jefferson, for whatever reason, can't seem to find the end zone. And he's still unbelievable. He's still getting it done. He's still great. But Diggs is. And that's really the difference, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Not to mention that Justin Jefferson now has a new teammate to... <sighs> Not that, he's, still get, uh, that is well, not sure going to take gonna get, away from it. <laughs> no, no, he's not going to take from him, but I mean, it just kind of adds to it. You know, those mm. games where he doesn't find the end zone, it somebody is somebody else finding the end zone. You know what I mean? Not that he's taking opportunities from him or stealing, stealing his spotlight or anything like that, but that's just another mouth to feed. And if Jefferson isn't coming in and being that uh, every week touchdown kind of player we all assumed that he would be this year, uh, I'm going to
0: yeah, Miles Hartfield. Next question from Marco. Miles Hartfield or Geno Stone? So, I would oh, – this is tough because I think – I mean, Geno Stone is the more reliable guy in terms of snap. Hartsfield, we talked about before, getting the snaps right now, I could easily change, see it randomly flip at any point because cornerbacks can rotate out sometimes more than the safety will with Geno Stone. I think I'll shake, I'll play Hartsfield right now. Hartfield's getting more tackles. I. Uh, it's a tough one, man.
1: I is really Marcus Williams out short term, just for a few weeks? Because... He will be back
0: eventually. Um, okay. but it is gonna still be some time. I'll look it up. Uh but I I, I do think we're the season's not over, but it's a dislocated wrist when that happened mm-hmm. October 10th. That's gonna be in a few weeks. That least. will be a it will be a lengthy uh it'll be a lengthy
1: wait. Yeah, uh, I think I'm with you. I'm going Miles Hartfield. Gino Stone didn't do bad at, at all in his uh fill in, but I think Miles Hartfield's really just with his usage this year, he's giving you a nice, a nice, fairly high floor. Uh, nothing too flashy as far as the ceiling goes, but I think he's somebody you're going to be able to rely on a little bit more.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, infinite possibilities, last question for the day. What do you think will happen with Robert Woods' rest of season? What we have right now? Um, I don't think he's – I think he's lost a touch after the injury. I think this offense isn't very good, and this offense isn't passing the ball much. And eventually, Traylon Burks will come back. And eventually Jordan Burks will be the number one target for this team because he's a better player than Robert Woods and a better player than everyone else on this team. Um, I expect Jordan Burks to be back within two, three weeks right now. So I guess you could line up Robert Woods as a low-end flex rest away, but I'm not that excited about him for all the reasons he's put on the field so far,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're afraid to let him go, you- who can stash him but in my opinion even if i have been stashed unless i see him actually do something on my bench i'm probably not gonna even start him so unfortunately we all kind of wished and hoped that robert woods would come in and be the wide receiver one for this team but it's just been kind of uh uh unfavorable year to say the least especially for uh titans yes sir
0: and if it possibly puts it very well once we go idp you can never go back the best challenge ever with a few R's there that didn't totally roll off the well. Um, and he also brings up one other point. A lot of names we want to bring up here. Free Cream uh, hey, Hunt. They're, listen, trade online is today. So a lot of the advice we just gave you is important. But there might be more waiver names that pop up. All of a sudden, things change when people get traded. All of a sudden, you know, Dearness Johnson, you know, is a kind of low. is a pickup right now, just in case. But you're going to know by 4 o'clock whether he is. Because Cream Hunt might be on or off the roster. So, Definitely stay tuned for all the news that'll come out. I'm sure there'll be more content. Obviously, updated, you know, info always coming out through our Twitters. So you follow me at Michael underscore underscore Cicoli. I'm sure I'll be tweeting all day through the deadline. Um, I'll be tweeting about TJ Hawkinson real soon, I'm sure, as I dive into that. You can follow uh, Axton Harding at Harding underscore three, and of course the IDP guys at IDP guys, where our content goes. It's where everyone's content goes for all the people that contribute to this amazing organization. Some people you may or may not know. It's just all comes to fruition here. So definitely make sure you're subscribed. Make sure everyone is uh, checking out the content because it really is some of the best stuff out there. And I'm very proud to be a part of it. So hope everyone has good luck on their week nine waiver pickups as well as their week nine matchups. I hope everyone uh, has a good day. Stay healthy. Stay safe.